Hello and welcome back to episode 4 of Backing Paper and boy have we got something special for you this evening. Not just another fantastic crop of cheap shots entries, not just some more great emails, but we have with Rachel and I. Rach, how are you my dear? Hello, hi, I'm good. I have a nice little glass of red wine here with me today, so uh, I'm pretty happy. The dog's not very happy because obviously the um, fireworks are all going off at the moment, but uh, but I'm happy upstairs, so that's all good. That's great. Well, as well as Rachel and myself, we have a very special guest, um, an OG guest. In fact, the oldest of our guests <laughs> we could possibly have, by popular demand. Welcome back to the show, Dave. Dave, how are you doing? Dave, off of the forums. <laughs> I'm very well, thank you, Graham, and thank you for having me back. Oh, it's an absolute delight to have you back, and what a perfect time to have you back when we're discussing Cheap Shots things, as you have won a couple of rounds of the Cheap Shots Challenge, and you, you've got pictures this time as well, which we will get to a little bit later. But um, let's start off with some of the other Cheap Shots entries we've had in this week. Um, I'm going to start off actually with a follow-up from an entry we looked at, I think a couple of weeks ago, from Paul Friday. Paul writes in, Dear Beamers, I just remembered that I didn't provide the expected artist's commentary for my cheap shots entries. Not that art should need to explain itself, but perhaps the definition of fine art is one shouldn't even understand the explanation. So, the blurb. Um, so, um, the persistence of RAM, which for anybody who doesn't remember was the fantastic <laughs> picture of some very floppy keyboards in a very Salvador Dali-esque fashion. Um, the, the blurb for that is sex. Sex and death, perhaps the death of sex, but definitely sex and sleeping, but sex. So that's that one. Uh, and the treachery of imaging, which was a pipe with this is not a pipe written on it. Uh, this is Latin here, so apologies to everybody who actually understands <laughs> Latin for what. Uh, res ipsa loquitor, je ne magrite rien. <laughs> Jenna Magritte Rian. Oh God, I'm not is sure. Is that Latin? No, that's, yeah, that's well, French, isn't it? That's, what part <laughs> of it sounds neat. Latin, and then the other part definitely sounds French? The, the, Maybe the, the first part is Latin. I don't know what for. The second part is a French pun, which I'm definitely not sure I approve of. Um, I thank you, my for art. Thanks you. Uh, thank you so much, Paul. Um, for Jenna Magritte Rian. We, we should probably put a, um, a disclaimer at the beginning so that Fraser Yule knows to switch this off so that his 10-year-old daughter's ears do not hear this because it's surprising what she picked up. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, now she's getting to learn about uh, Paul's death of sex. Um, okay. Anyway, Rachel, on to more civilised entries. Anyway. Do you want to take this next one from Lon Robert from London Camera Project? I will. Um, hi, Robert. It's lovely to hear from you. Um, Robert says, Dear Sunbeams, please find attached my entry for the Cheap Shots Challenge. It was an Olympus OM10. Yes, it qualifies for the Cheap Shots Challenge as I bought it before all the hipsters got wind of them. <laughs> and a 50mm 1.8 um, Zoico lens. I took the lens off the camera and reversed it for the macro effect. Ah, so somebody else has gone for the macro because there, the, um, there was the other one that seemed to be quite a macro feel to it wasn't there yes we uh, that we had as an entry um so he says uh he's reversed it for the macro effect he's used very expired fuji sensia 2 at about f 1.8 for that very tiny depth of field thanks from robert at london Cam london camera experience Brilliant. so that's exciting should we have a little look and we see shall. now listen yeah. I, I think rach we ought to make use of uh dave's uh fantastic fantastic verbal skills at describing things so dave you have the official job of describing all of the pictures that we're looking at tonight so can you see this first one from uh, london camera project not off to a good start <laughs> no yes. do you mean that you can't see it rather than the photo I can't see the photo. I'm sure the photo is excellent. So yeah. you, you give this a good description. As somebody who's seen more than your fair share of um, the pictures of flowers from the days of me, me on the pixelated photographer forums, give, give us a description of this picture, please. Coming up as soon as I find this thing. Oh, here we go. Ah, right. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, let's see. So here we have a picture of some... Alliums. Alliums. Um, alliums. Yep. Yeah. Uh, one of my favourite flowers. Uh, it's quite nice. There's three of them. Looks to be is that, is that cross process. Something's a bit funky with the colours. Looks that. amazing. That yeah. Oh, it is expired. Is it expired Fuji? So yeah. Right, and that'll give you that effect, really. Just uh, 
Uh, it's Sensia film. I think Sensia is a slide film. Slide, I, I yeah. could be wrong, so but yes, it does look very much like it has been cross processed. Um so yeah. I like it. It's very pastel, um colours are good, sharp as uh, sharp focus. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and give that eight out of ten, I think is uh, <laughs> fantastic. Especially, well, I mean, especially with like a reverse lens, you know, to uh, to get that macro depth of field and, and what have you, nice. get all that detail. That's awesome. Yeah, that's 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 good. It's on the OM10, right? That's that's your camera, isn't it, Graham? Yeah, uh, yeah, I um, no, I have um, a thirty. Oh no, I do have a ten now. I found a ten. That's right. Yes, in the in the shop. I'm still hankering after my OM1 because uh, I need something that doesn't take batteries. So uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think the OM2. You don't need a battery for for just the crummy light meter in it, but it works okay otherwise. No, the OM2 does need a battery. It does, yeah, yeah apparently. Yeah. That's why my OM2 shots aren't coming out at all well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Quite possibly. Uh, well, this is yeah, it's a good picture. Yeah. Yeah. You wish you got pictures like this, Graham. That's that's nice. I don't know if it's fine art. Maybe it is. Um, good composition. Yeah, and the colours work, the pink and the green, the way it's shifted those, both, I mean, it looks really funky, but they also work really well together. It's in a very punk rock flower colour sort of way. Um, yeah, I like it. And I'm, I'm always impressed when, having done some freelancing myself, or reverse macro stuff, um, getting the fo- the focus right yeah. with those is really hard, um, because it's so wafferthin. Um, so well done, Robert. Um Actually, Dave, do you want to take the next one from good friend of the show and fellow podcast host, Mike Gutterman, and from the Negative Positives podcast? Do you want to read this one for us, Dave? Sure. Okay, here's the email here. Hello, Backside Papers. <laughs> here are my winning cheap shot challenge photos. The most pretentious thing an artist can do is write an artist statement, so I'll alleviate that pretentiousness by speaking of myself in third person. Uh, hang on, before you go any further, um, Mike's from... Uh, uh, Kentucky, I think. Um, Louisville, oh, Ken- no. Louisville, no. Kentucky. Can we're not trying to do accents. A Louisville, oh, my Kentucky God. accent? Because I think Mike would really appreciate Sure, that. I can. Go for it. Okay. Mike Gutterman's a struggling photographer and musician. I think I'm right. No, no, I'm going to stop you there. Okay. Let, let, let's, okay. let's not go too Probably for the best. It was like Mike was in the room. That was surprisingly uh-huh. accurate. God, poor Mike. I appreciate the effort, Dave. I do, I do. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, we'll drop it down and continue with Mike here. So his biggest struggle is the Sunny 16 Cheap Shots Challenge, (laughs) where his obviously superior work has unfairly suffered bias from Graham Hegel, (laughs) who could not only stand losing to his co-host, but can't stomach the fact that another film podcast host could be capable of such outstanding photography. (laughs) Right, so this must be Mike from the podcast you were talking about earlier, Graham. Uh, Yeah, that that guy, that guy. (laughs) Okay, the first photo is titled The Circle of Life. Mm -hmm. Well, it may appear to be a simple photo of a vinyl 45 record, it is easy to interpret it as a statement of your life's journey with a beginning and an end, much like a song. Okay, can we have a quick pause look at this photo? Oh, there it is. Okay. Uh, Mike could have chosen a full-length LP for the photo, but life is short and fast, much like a seven-inch record. <laughs> we doing phrasing here, Graham? <laughs> While the second photo may seem elegant in its simplicity of backlit leaves, one doesn't have to dive too deep to realise it is an impactful image about the state of politics in the United States. Straight in for another look at that picture. Of course, yes, that really sums up politics in America. Um, with the midterm elections on the horizon and leaves falling, will the current state of politics fall as well, or will it be the cool, the change that falls? Mm, deep stuff from Mike here, isn't it? Deep, deep mm. stuff, yeah. Are you uh, clocking that relationship to politics? Uh, <laughs> anyway, carry on. Let's get through this email. Come on. We'll leave that one and get through the yeah. email. Finally, Mike embraces the challenge by shooting a simple and yeah, limiting 1990s Pentax point-and-shoot camera. He feels if you are shooting the challenge with an SLR that you lucked out on <laughs> the cheap, that you are cheating. <laughs> this is challenging with the commas and everything in this isn't it this is the cheap shots challenge not the holy crap i got a great deal of fervor style slr challenge system yeah yeah good <laughs> i think it's your i think it's your reading that's the problem dave i'll be honest but carry yeah, on <laughs> I, I i think that's the case we're almost through it 
Mike refuses to cheat and limits himself to find beauty in the simplicity of image making. A real artist of the people and for the people. <laughs> oh, you did it way out here. Yeah, so you. I think I should give Mike some apologies for completely butchering that. Um, maybe reading it before uh, would have been a good idea. But yeah, yeah. great photos, Mike. Yeah, they're very good. Nice. So there's, there's there's two photos we need to address. Obviously, the um, so the, the vinyl record, uh, Mike's statement about his life being... Um, what was it? Like short, seven inch, seven inch uh, flat, um, and uh, and short, and got a hole in the middle of it. I don't know. Um, and, and quite quick as well. I think he mentioned the, quite, the, quite the, quick. Right. Yeah. yeah. Is this another photo about he, sex that is over quickly? And uh, um, <laughs> I don't know. I think you're reading into that. He definitely just, said life. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, um, uh, it's good composition. It's nice and bold, isn't it? I do like the yeah. different. It's. Uh, um, I'm impressed at how close you managed to get to focusing with that uh, little point and shoot. That's quite funky. What do you think of that one, Dave? I I think it's quite bold and striking. I wonder if a square format has worked a little better on this. Um, it's nice, though. I like it. It reminds me of uh, of throwing pots with the the old wheel there and spinning around. Yeah, good yeah. picture. So, yeah, so, I, I thought it might have been like a, a top-down uh, view of a like a black coffee or something, you know, coffee cup. Originally, when I just glanced at it with um with a top light, you know, like um you know a ceiling light or something reflected in it. Um, and it was only when I I actually came to properly look at it, I was like, oh no, it's final record. Makes sense. I, I wonder which one it is actually, because it's obviously there's no text on it at all to tell you what it is. Yeah. Yeah, mm. that's one thing I would have liked, just to actually see what it was. But uh, there you go. And um, the next might be one... the Black Album. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It might be that. Um, and the next one is um, a slightly out-of-focus picture of some leaves, which, what did Mike bullshittingly claim that this was supposed to represent? <laughs> uh, politics of America. <laughs> Trump and politics. I mean, it does in the way that it's, it's really reaching and that there's no real meaning behind anything that's being said in it. So in some ways, I think that is quite a good um, representation of politics. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> um, yeah. um, I mean, it's, it's, it's nice in black and white, I guess. And I like the and shape of the And it's seasonal. Very seasonal, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's all right. My car, I mean, I'll allow it. You can see the holes in it. I mean, both you, your leaves and your picture. <laughs> it's very good, uh, he says, after saying all the other things. Um, can we just tackle the subject of the third thing that uh, Mike said in his um, uh, artist statement about people using cheap SLR systems are cheating. Now, we just looked at a picture from Robert, which was shot on the Noem 10. And Dave, I happen to know for a fact that you use an SLR system do you think mm. you're cheating? Not in the slightest. <laughs> I think that the Minolta SLRs are absolutely fantastic. I, I, I use it as my regular camera now. I you know, give up on all my others. The cheap shot camera is the only one I use. Uh, in fact, this that's because I don't take many pictures, to be honest. But um, when I developed this cheap shots challenge role, I, I had all my holiday pictures on there. So it was my, my choice of holiday camera. Um, I think it's an amazing machine. Where did you pick it up from, Dave? eBay. Oh, well done. Yeah. About ten pounds, I think. Oh, it's it's remarkable what what it does. You know the mm. the specs of it are through the roof. It's it's comparable to all the, the latest ones, I guess. I don't know. I haven't really had a look at a DSLR <laughs> lately, but um, yeah, it's 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 remarkable camera. It's kind of falling apart on me literally at the moment. <laughs> though. All the plastics kind of coming off. Don't hands. worry. I, I I've been through I think three cheap shots challenge cameras, and I've only done three rounds or something. So I won't worry about it. And how many of you? Got through, Graham. You've got uh, through a few as well. No, no. But how how oh, dare you, Rachel? Sorry. Okay, my camera is still trucking on fantastically. I oh, don't. Terrible. Yes, you and Aid are the ones that keep switching out your cameras when you get bored with them or break them. Or, or they explode on me. Well, all that, yes. Um, but just to clarify, so you feel very much that using an SLR does still make it acceptable within the cheap shots challenge even though you are making your life so much easier for yourself than those people who are struggling on uh with point and shoots um uh, i mean there you go you've got a completely unbiased opinion by somebody who's using an slr in this project um thank you very <laughs> well, much I mean, Mike. That's, that's a point <laughs> is that 
good time to tackle that. I mean, why, why are we doing this, this cheap shot challenge to, to see what you can get from a cheap camera or to have a bit of fun with a crap camera? Uh, all of the above. Because I, I just love seeing what people make. It, it, this round, actually, I think in some ways more than any of the other rounds we've done so far, um, I have just been bowled over by the quality of the pictures that people are getting with cameras that cost less than 20 quid um and you look at stuff and go oh yeah that that would look fantastic on a wall you know in a in a cafe or in an office or something like that and it's cost less than 20 quid for the equipment um and that i think really does kind of sum up what this this whole thing has been about like you don't Mm. need to spend any money on anything um so okay it's Uh, nice to level the playing field i think yeah absolutely absolutely okay uh this next one we're going to look at it's from ben reynolds ben's uh if you think the last email was um tricky to read this one's really good <laughs> Thank you. this is a very visual one. um so there are footnotes to this uh, i will read through the main body first and then att- attend to the footnotes in a secondary way so uh, ben writes uh, artist statement my journey one to this point it was one of false starts <laughs> matrimonial provocations <laughs> old technology four and speculative experimentation. Five, emerging from the chrysolithic embrace of metering, viewfinders, and accurate shutter speeds, I ventured upon this challenge with no boundaries. Six, to my artistic approach, searching for the infinite possibilities found between light and dark, stillness and motion, the liminal, seven, and the subliminal, eight, Space-time searches for the truth that lies beneath all photographic process and finds little. Everything is exposed, nothing is revealed. The artist yearns for... something or other. Yours artistically, Ben Reynolds, Captain Badbeard. Artistic (laughs) notes. One, stumbling efforts at artistry. Two, my first cheap shots challenge camera did not function at all. Three, the camera I ended up using was spotted in a charity shop by my wife because it looked nice. Four, an 80-odd-year-old Kodak 620 folder. Five, I've never deliberately shot double exposures before and I processed the film myself, first time in 25 years, in Bellini Monobath. Isn't that a cocktail? Uh, Yes, delicious. (laughs) Six, well, none beyond the boundary of fine art. Seven, Sorry. <laughs> Eight. Not sorry. Uh, <laughs> splendid work, Ben. Uh, fantastic stuff. Ben has actually snuck in three pictures, which is, you know, greatly against the rule, but we'll allow it on this occasion. So shall we take a look at Ben's pictures? Now, uh, again, Dave, I'm so glad you're here because double exposures are very much your bag, baby. Yeah, baby. <laughs> oh, that <one>. And... <laughs> <laughs> I'm thrilled with these. This is very good work here by by Captain Badbeard. I like them. So the first one, give us a description. Like sure. So I imagine the first shot he took was probably probably a wall, um, the stones, and you can you know quite a close up. You can just see stones and cement and wall bits and bobs. And the second, sh- with his shadow against it, sporting a pair of uh, Dr. Dre headphones or something like this. And the second shot might be, I don't know, some sort of neon lit atrium type room, maybe a train station or something with uh, some skylights leading to a, a nice central point. And he's managed to get that into the middle of his head. So, um, yeah, he's thought about how the two shots combine, and I think he's gone ahead and pulled this one off. I reckon maybe it's a train, perhaps. Yeah. Could be. The the extra the extra exposure, maybe. Mm, they yeah, look- maybe. It's, it's very good, though. Yeah, as you said, because the hard thing with double exposures is always lining up the frame and mm. making a good com- composition whilst doing that. And... Um, yeah, this has worked really, really well. And um, he looks like a Cyberman in it. <laughs> Jeff yeah, Cyberman. it literally <laughs> looks like the waves are coming out of his head, don't, yeah. doesn't it? You know? yeah. Yeah. Jeff Cyberman. <laughs> down the and there's some sort of interesting writing, maybe, where across his shoulders. Uh, that might be a clue to the second picture. Some, it looks like some sort of gothic script going, uh, do you see I that? I think that might be the drain. I think that's like the, the gutter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
yeah <laughs> um, hey what a fine art picture you know if we're yeah. if we're discussing what that is yeah, yeah. Okay, what, what's going down the drain i mean you know the, ooh. 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 it's getting a bit deep now isn't it okay yeah. let's move on to the next one of ben's then which one do you want to look at okay, next? the next one um not straight away hit by this one as much uh, it looks like an exposure of a tree and another exposure of another tree possibly the same one and then with some extra bonus bits in there um i don't know what the other bits are maybe lights or grills or some sort of vent yeah. or something uh, it's 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 okay. It's it doesn't stand up to the first one for me. I often find with double exposures, it's kind of uh, some of the ones you see. You know, they're they're a bit sort of let's just take two pictures. Um, I don't know uh, if if he really pulled off what he was planning to on this one. Maybe he did. Um, I kind of like the I fact mean, that you can see a bit of it looks like it's on fire, like because of the smoke. Kind of looks like it's coming out of the top edge of the tree. Yes, yeah. That part okay. of it, I think is quite cool. Yeah. Yeah. And all double exposures are interesting to me, so mm. I do like it. I think uh, I was only a little critical on it because the first one really really yeah. stood out. as. I think mm, I'd like mm, that mm, one mm. more, actually, because I, 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 I like the fact you've got the tree superimposed on the tree kind of at different distances, um, and, um, and I think I'd prefer it if it didn't have... The other elements in it of of whatever they are, but the, the third the, the, layer, they're, they're yeah. brighter, yeah, because they they're pulling the eye away a bit from that. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, good. And um, okay. And then the third one is another tree. This one. Ah, now similar. this is more like it. Yeah, this is two photos that do work well together. So he's got a tree uh, where you can see pretty much all of it from the the trunk to the tips. And um, what I'm guessing is. A curve on the A forty six. Must have done some sort of long exposure, and cars are whipping round a, a right hander, uh, going into the tree. So that kind of draws you into the picture. It's exciting, and two benches in the bottom corner as well. Yeah, so. I just noticed the bench, the benches, and I thought, oh, they really kind of like make it because they give such a scale to that tree yeah. as well, don't they? Which is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, you sit still on a bench, but you shoot down the a46 so he's juxtaposing staying still with moving on that one very well good work mm. Tell you what else i like about this is just the fact that clearly you know, he's taken a picture of the tree in broad daylight um and taken the picture of the lights at night so there's a huge time gap in between these two shots um mm. uh so she has a lot of kind of thought and remembering <laughs> kind of thing i can never do also again just a reminder that this was shot with an 80 year old kodak 620 folding camera um so uh good work there ben really impressed so cool that. that isn't it yeah yeah, yeah that is cool I, i'm gonna take back all of my shout about using slrs is fine i i think uh <laughs> using this is is you know that, that's a touch of class there so. yeah it says uh rach do you want to take this next one from matt murray it's a good monster of, a, of an email this one okay hold on i'm scrolling down okay and, so from oh, matt hang, murray hang on, before we start rach, yeah. uh matt's from australia so if you could do an australian no. accent to make him feel <laughs> <laughs> uh, right so uh, i can't even do a scouse accent and i've lived here for a long time so okay um so matt murray says good day sunbeams that's about as close <laughs> as you're gonna get <laughs> i enjoyed it <laughs> Um, my name is Matt Murray and I live in sunny Brisbane, Australia. I'm a long-time listener, first-time emailer. It's really nice to have you here, Matt. Um, I came across your show in January when I was doing some research for my own upcoming photography podcast. I was, of course, familiar with the Film Photography Project podcast, but looking for inspiration, I stumbled across the Negative Positives podcast. After listening to Mike talk about whiskey for the first five minutes, he then made a reference to your show. Oh, well, thanks also to Mike then for that. Yeah, thanks, um, Mike. I feel I feel bad now for um, bad-mouthing your pictures <laughs> and you in general. I've been not that yeah. bad. Sorry, not um, sorry. He says, having lived in the West Midlands for 13 years and considering myself an honorary pom, <laughs> um, I felt it was my duty to listen to your podcast and promptly stop listening to his cranked <laughs> yes! And no, never no. listen to Mike's again. It doesn't say that. <laughs> I'm going to see if he probably did at some point. Doesn't say that. It's inferred, right? We love you, Mike. And I always yes. listen to Mike's podcast to make up for anybody yeah. who's, you know, don't want to hear about his whiskey and his That's stupid APS film. <laughs> There's, there's room for us all, which is awesome. Um, he says, I have since become a devoted listener. 
It is with pleasure that I attach my entries for the Fine Art Cheap Shots Challenge. My camera is an Instax Wide uh, 210, which I picked up with five expired packs of film a few months ago for the princely sum of 35 Australian dollar ruse. He actually put dollar ruse. That wasn't me trying to do that. Um, bringing this just to uh, just under the limit at around £19.50. Wow. Nice perfect. Work. Yeah, very good work. Um, he says, my two entries are of my faithful companion, Marshall Dalmatian. That's such a good name. Um, the series of Instax wide photos I took of Marshall explore contemporary body image issue, uh, <laughs> <laughs> contemporary body image issues in Dalmatians. The well-known Disney series of films starring Dalmatians set an unreali- unrealistic expectation in society about what a Dalmatian should and should not look like. Specifically, how big a Dalmatian spot should be. The Disney's uh, the Disney films featured perfect white Dalmatians with small, round, black spots. But the reality is that many Dalmatians have large spots or splodges all over their body, which are perfectly natural. Trying to live up to these unrealistic Hollywood stereotypes has been the cause of much angst, embarrassment and shame in Dalmatians born in the last 40 years. In public, Marshall often has to put up with questions like, is he a real Dalmatian? Why are his spots so big? And of course, the old favourite, where are the other 100 Dalmatians? Ho, ho, ho. I haven't heard that one before. He says, in this series... Yes, Graham, you, you breathed. It sounded like you were going to, to say something. No, no, I'm just, I'm just very much enjoying this. Okay, <laughs> good. Uh, he says, in this series of fine art photos, Marshall is laid bare, forced to reclaim his body and spots in the harsh glare of not only the public's gaze, but the Instax flash. The first image of Marshall on his bed, an old blue and red goose down sleeping bag, which is a complete nightmare to clean up when he chews it, as goose down flies everywhere. Marshall sports a sorry, not sorry look, no longer willing to conform to body image stereotypes. The second image is a close-up of his spots, which presents an interesting juxtaposition for the viewer as they struggle to work out if this is colour or monochrome in stacks wide. Ah. Inspired by your good selves, the FPP and others, I will be launching my own photography podcast sometime in November. I hope you will stay tuned for the launch by following it's Matt Loves Cameras um, on Instagram or by visiting mattlovescameras.com. In the first three episodes, I have three crackers lined up. The Pentax Auto 110, which I believe is an aid cheap shots favourite. I think he, he's right. The Instax um, SQ6 and some 35mm um, goodness courtesy of the Olympus T, uh, sorry, LT1. Thanks for the fab podcasts. Well, wow. Yeah. There we uh, go. We know if, a lot more about Marshall now, don't we? We do. And um, uh, if that gives us some sort of flavour of uh, Matt's upcoming podcast, if there's that level of nonsense in it, I'm deeply on board. Um, let's look at these pictures then, uh, tackling the uh, often ignored problem of uh, Dalmatian, uh, and it's probably not just limited to Dalmatians, probably many other animals as well, but body image issues. Um, mm. uh, <laughs> that that first picture of the expression on Marshall's face, it really is something. Um, <laughs> that, that dog's giving it the look. I mean, you, try and find him. hold the, on. Uh, there's a oh, real, there he is. Oh, Marshall. There's a lot of pathos in that look, isn't there? There really is. Yeah, he really sees into his soul there. I think. Yeah, yeah, and you, yeah. you can you can feel the years um, of uh, oppression and lack of understanding of people. Well, uh, I, I think I think we can see I think we can see the fact that he's definitely a photographer's dog. That he has that look on his face that my dog has on her face <laughs> when she sees yet another camera pointing at her as her she knows she's only the test run as well <laughs> it's like okay well i need to i need to test out this camera what shall i take photos of obviously my dog so uh yeah that that look is very familiar um to me see seeing that look in the, in those eyes in those beautiful brown eyes oh marshall what do you think of these pictures dave well i think marshall's a good boy <laughs> who's a good boy He's a good boy. He really is a good boy. And and yeah, just to echo your thoughts, it's uh you know, it's a very important issue that um who we got here, Matt Murray is is tackling here. And yeah, I think he's he's achieved it. Um is the focus okay on that? Um what, what camera is he using? An Instax? Is the Instax? Oh no. Oh, crumbs. <laughs> it's, it's turned into the Sunny Sixteen podcast. Um <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's, uh, it, he's a good boy, isn't he? Look at this. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I 
I think I'll stop there. Um, yeah. Look forward to Matt's podcast, though. It sounds very exciting. Yeah. And I like the second picture just of the spots, but it's the picture with his face that I particularly love. They, it's, it's such a great <laughs> face. And, um, and, and that's it. It's just good to, to highlight these um, issues. And to be honest, it's a surprise because you would not think of a problem with um, sort of prejudice coming out in a country like Australia because normally they're just known for their tolerance towards others. So, I mean, there you go. Uh, it's important to bring these things up. Um, good work, Matt. Uh, that is going to do us for the Cheap Shots Challenge stuff this week. We do have more entries to discuss. We've had more come in, and don't worry, we have not missed those, but we're going to save those till next week um, because the judging isn't going to happen for a little while yet, and that's what deliberately why we left space. So we have got a few more entries that have been sent in. They are very good but we will come to those next week um but we have got some other emails as well to get to um dave do you want to say the first one (laughs) 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 rachel you take this first one dave you you, i'll find a shorter one for you to read okay so uh first one that we have here in the list is from uh james thorpe and james says hey folks sending this to both of you just in case in response to sunny 16's backing paper number three simon foster's um email query simon I've struggled, I've struggled with scissors and cardboard templates to cut down larger film sheets into more obscure sizes. Yes, I know about the Ilford ULF program, but frankly, their prices for the 2x3, 3x4, 6.5x9 sheets are more expensive than if I just purchased the 4x5 sheets and try and cut them down to size. Also, sometimes I want to shoot colour in those smaller formats. So um, the scissor method was always awkward and I kept mucking it up. Finally, I hit upon a small paper cutter with a rolling blade, i.e. Not, not a guillotine style. It's readily available in any office supply or craft store. It's made of plastic, and I etched measured notches into the top edge with a razor blade to help guide me in the dark. It works great. Pictures attached. Happy slicing. Not, not of the fingers. It's <laughs> <laughs> very important not to slice your fingers. Um, yeah, great advice. And um, uh, James actually made sure to send this to both us and to Simon. So oh, he fantastic. can get that. Um, thank you very much for that. We do actually have a follow-up email from Simon, which I will read now. Um, so Simon from the Classic Lenses podcast uh, writes in, uh, Hi, Rach, and the other one from Flypaper. Flypaper? <laughs> How dare you? I mean, you know, it sticks, I guess. Um, having correctly predicted the derision and general don't do it, Simon, you're in <laughs> over your head attitude <laughs> towards my Harold and half plate, I picked up a Meridian 45B camera. Uh, oh, sorry, Mer- I, think it's, I think it's Meridian, but then he goes on to call it the Merry Dan. Let's go with Meridian. Um, yeah. The Meridian is American 4x5 camera large format for beginners that was produced in the late 1940s when Linhoff cameras were still difficult to buy in the post-war US. The most important thing about the American... The American? The Merit... Oh, look, Simon, you're confusing me because I'm not sure whether you're making a mistake or you're doing this on purpose. Um, is that it looks amazing because Simon is something of a poser. Um, uh, and it's a, He just enjoys his very... Pretty cameras, I think. He does. If he's not out with a Hasselblad, he's out with his Meriden American. Um, so it's important that something looks good, I, I'm guessing, to try and you know, balance out the silent. Oh, no, that didn't mean that. Anyway, Harold's days with me are numbered. <gasps> but as a result of the discussion of my plight on Flypaper, I received an email from James Thorpe, which we have just discussed. So he says, thanks uh... very much for the help with that. As for processing, I have a combi plan developing tank that holds six 4x5 sheets that looks like it can be used in the same way as a conventional Patterson tank. Fantastic. That's on my birthday list as well. Cool. Your birthday next week. Everybody, it's Rachel's birthday next week, so you know what to get her now. It's one of those combi plan developing tanks. Finally, I did indeed stick Harold's two Taylor 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 Hobbs. Two Taylor Hobbs. I don't know. I think Simon's been having a breakdown whilst writing this. Is he been on the wine? Harold's two Taylor Taylor Hobson lenses in front of my Sony, and my view that lenses should be used with a natively sized sensor holds true. As Sony do not make a four x five digital camera with IBIS, which I think is some sort of bird bowel, bowel symptom yeah that old bowel symptom i'll stick to using the lenses on film thanks again simon well thank you very much for the uh, follow-up simon always good to hear from you um and dave do you want to take this last one from martin scarland sure 
Okay, Martin, he just wants to say how much he's enjoyed this week's podcast. But don't get him wrong, I enjoy an interview with a guest as much as the next man. This was such a breath of fresh air, and I realized how much I miss your conversation about your personal photography journeys, photographic journeys. So I think he's saying there that guests are nice on the show, but um, perhaps not needed all the time. <laughs> so, I don't know if I'm the right one to be reading this out. <laughs> yeah. it's, been, it's been a little while, hasn't it, actually, since um, we hadn't had a guest. So um, we ended up with a, a show where it was just the three of us and, and we realised that, oh, I suppose we should just have a little chat with each other. So it was quite nice to do that for a change, but it isn't something that we, we tend to do all the time. So um, it's nice to hear from some of the listeners um about their thoughts on it so this is lovely thanks martin yeah good good feedback from martin i, I think i echo his sentiment although the, the quality of guests you guys have had mm. on recently is, is through the roof and the, you've got a proper podcast on the go um but always <laughs> nice to hear what you're up to for, you know in your personal photographic journeys as martin says so he continues to say looks like a shout out to aid here aid mm -hmm. over the past three years i have made four photo books with blur and I have just made one or two books just to put on my bookshelf. I love the idea of just gathering some images together and shoving them in a book. Some of these books have been more considered than others. It's so exciting when they arrive. I also play around with bookbinding, and I'm planning to make a simple book of landscape images into a hardback book later this year. The printing is just laser printed. If you would like to have a look at pre-production stitched guts of the book, send me your address and I will send you one. There will be one or two little errors in the printing, but you'll get the idea. I'm already on a long-term project with my homemade camera and paper negatives, but really enjoying the process and learning on the way. Thank you all so much for this episode. Yeah. Regards, Martin. So, but very nice email from Martin there. Thank you, Martin. It was a very um, um, And actually, we've had a, a few bits of nice feedback from last week's show, which was really nice to hear because um, I think all three of us thought ah, we, is this um, not having a guest on the disc is going to be tedious for people to listen to um, so it was really nice to hear from people who did actually get something useful and um, we're kind of thinking that maybe we'll start to schedule in kind of a I don't know once every so many shows we'll make sure we have just a, a three of us show so we can like a little check in yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, so um, if that is something you would like to happen, you know, maybe once a month or slightly less frequently, that maybe once, uh, who knows? Let us know what you think, listeners. If that's a thing you might like to hear, that would be great. If uh, last week's episode was enough to keep you going for a while, let us know that too. <laughs> um, but no, that was great. Um, speaking of projects and making things, uh, Dave, you have been, this is something you wanted to talk about. In fact, this was uh, letting the listeners, this, this was one of two conditions for Dave coming on the show this week was that he was allowed to talk about this. I will not tell you what the other condition was. Um, you have been... Why? What from... have you agreed for me to do? I'm very worried now. No, not what? you, Rachel. Don't worry, not you. Oh, okay. this, is, this, this is Dave This is Dave and Dave's um, uh, okay. conditions. <laughs> Demands. Um, Demands, exactly. You have been no doing yellow creative stuff. No, yeah, that was the other one. Um, pottery. You, now you got into pottery kind of just as we started doing the podcast, really, and it's absolutely taken over your life. So uh, tell us a bit about your pottery work, Dave. I actually would quite like to hear about <laughs> Seamless it. segue, Greg. Yeah, Seamless segue. Sounds it's like we're launching into... Output, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly, so yes. Was it that you've gone, fr gone from photography to pottery or were they simultaneous or how, how did that kind of come about i well you know i'd like to think i still take photos but um i, I really don't anymore um because making pots is is so enjoyable and i'd like to encourage every photographer listening to this podcast to give it a go the, the parallels are, <laughs> are endless in it, um, and it's it's very rewarding. Mm. So, what do you, you guys it? try? No, yeah. no, I've never tried. Have you ever tried, Rach? Um, I uh, well, only at school. But I was just thinking that um, actually, I know a few photographers who've ended up also go going down the pottery route. It seems to be one of those things that um, kind of sits quite well as like another creative output um 
the obviously one of our sort of listeners to the show, friend of the show, to- uh, Toby. Um, his wife is a ceramicist, and he made a ceramic pinhole camera. Mm. Um, and he's also experimented with because um, I do quite a bit of sort of cyanotype work and things. And um, he's also um, experimented with some cyanotype work, and he created for us, if you remember, Graham, um, our three tiles for Aid and yourself and myself, which were obviously um, pot pottery tiles um with cyanotype um chemicals on them and he'd been experimenting with trying layering up some objects and things on them too so like the combination of the two is really interesting and and i really like seeing how people have sort of taken both those mediums and and combined them together it's a different kind of hybrid photography um and uh and i find it quite fascinating i don't know if it's something that you've looked into sort of um where you can take uh, the sort of top layer of an image or maybe like a digital negative and then and then add that onto the pottery as well or or whether it's something that you see as the two should remain separate and they're two of your creative interests but they are you know they don't meet well, it's, it's certainly something I've been thinking about combining them um, mm-hmm. I think a friend of the show Tina yeah Ro- Ro- yeah yes. romantic um, she uh, is into liquid emulsion mm. and um, was ever so kind enough to reply to a few of my Instagram messages to her questioning what I need to do and how I need to get this stuff. So um, I think that you just buy a big old tub of liquid emulsion, slap it on your pot and uh, treat it as paper. Mm. So that's, that's certainly something I want to explore. But I think what I really want to do is try and move all the listeners away from photography <laughs> And then the <laughs> ceramics instead, because it's it's just extremely rewarding. Why do you guys like photography? And- it's, I mean, so many reasons, so many reasons. We definitely don't have time to get, but I mean, it is that creative thing. We <laughs> with, with 15 minutes left. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but no, I, I think it's, it's one of those things that I look at and I, I can completely imagine that, that once you started trying it, it could become completely addictive because it is, it is that very hands-on, mm-hmm. the, the most hands-on, like literally creating something from nothing thing, um, and the most analog way of creating something as well. Mm-hmm. But you do also have that time delay of you were saying earlier though about you know you put these things in the oven and you think they're going to be great and then they come out and they look cack. Um, you know, so you do have there's quite a lot of similarities actually with um, analog mm-hmm. photography. Um, Absolutely plenty. Particularly when you're, you know, you're mixing up your glaze, very much like mixing up your photochemicals. Didn't didn't you you... literally mix up your photochemicals with your glaze as well at one point? Yeah, I put rhodanol on a on a pot that I chucked into a pit firing once. (laughs) Oh God, did you put that in the kiln? (gasps) Uh, Pit firing, so you you dig a big um, pit in the in the local field. Not ideal (laughs) to put. Oh, it's horrendous, Rachel. We we should probably put some sort of health and safety um, (laughs) notice on this. Um, Yeah, everything about pottery. Not everything. I'm sure you can do it safely, um, but you choose not to. (laughs) Well, another. I mean, you you do what you can, isn't it? And sometimes you just really want to, you know, make these things. And if uh, you just to hell with the consequences. But um, I'm not suggesting that's a (laughs) good choice for anyone. Um, But there's the parallels are just endless in in this. But every step in pottery just seems to take a little bit longer it's a little bit harder and there's more chance of it going wrong um so well, i think what, what, how would you advise you got into it as a kind of as a oh, i'm gonna give this a go and it's become quite a passion for you how would you advise anybody listening who wants to try it out what's a good route into it to see if it is for them well it's quite timely i've just stopped potting in my kitchen um, the vanadium pentoxide was making me incredibly ill and moved into a maker space. Um, ah, lovely. Yes, Rachel, you know maker spaces. I do, I do, yes. Are you enjoying it? I absolutely love it. It's the first one I've come across, and I think it's just just amazing how you know you get a. Do you, do you have a makerspace or what is a makerspace? Just a big. Uh, yeah. Um, so I actually have uh, an office at Make. It's called Make Liverpool. Um, it's very much a uh, sort of like a community space, um, but people have their own individual offices or messier spaces if they're working in something like pottery or leatherwork or what have you, um, and uh, it's tends to uh, draw a crowd of people who are looking at things like older craft skills as well as things like graphics and what have you so anything that's kind of creative or 
um hands-on or you know practical in some way or artistic in some way and it's just it's a really lovely way of uh, meeting people who again you know like the the crossover between photography and pottery or um you know uh graphic design and um i don't know uh puppet making or something like that so those kinds of organizations or companies can sit really well alongside each other and learn from each other um and they have uh, at, at my makerspace they have um like an open open um woodworking sort of area um but they also do things like um you know workshops in knotty granny's cross stitch where you make sweary sort of samples and things for your wall and um or taxidermy <laughs> or or uh, build your own wine rack or toolbox out of pallet wood and you know so all sorts of interesting and cool like creative things and obviously i've, I've run a few workshops there myself um so is this you know you build your own camera and things so yeah it's it's great fun to like combine these these kinds of skills and organizations together um and just sort of like generally chat to other other people who kind of get you who kind of like get that same wavelength really so that's really nice uh, so, to be able to do that mm. so is this what you're recommending dave people should come down to your makerspace yes. and you'll get them into it <laughs> yeah there's plenty yeah. of places that you can go along to and and you know like rachel says there's uh it's a real magnet for oddballs who like doing uh, yeah. fun things wow. and uh, the, the, the amount you can learn off all these people and to not have to you know try and get a wheel in your kitchen and all the various oxides and things is, mm. is a real bonus as well like so it. you're in bristol aren't you um dave yeah yeah sort of um the space that i've started at recently is in stroud um so a little cotswoldy mm-hmm. town um just clay what's, what's the space called it's the clay loft um www.playloft.co.uk probably i'm pretty sure you'll find it so is it something very much based in in pottery or is it is it a you know a range of creatives it's just pottery this one Mm -hmm. it's full of mills and kilns and clay Um, so not the place to be doing your photography really as i found out earlier with all the clay dust on my negatives but Ah. um the drawbacks of that, I suppose. Yes, a, a drying cabinet perhaps is is needed. <laughs> well, regrettably, that's going to have to be the end of Pottery Corner for this week, listeners, because we've got to move on. No, no, it's good. I mean, I think it become a recurring feature. Um, but before we get out of here, Rach, you had something you wanted to mention as well, didn't you? Did I? Oh, yes. <laughs> Sorry. I, yes, you're right. I, I, I forget. Sorry. I had an email last night saying um, that um, my submissions for a group exhibition have been accepted, which is which is nice. So oh, um, excellent. Yay. Thank you. Um, they had uh, quite a, a big volume of, of submissions, apparently, but they chose 18 artists and they've asked uh, they've said, actually, we'd like you to submit all three pieces that I put in. So that's really nice. Um, I'm looking forward to being part of that. That's for um, Dot Art and it's for the Christmas collection, the Liverpool collection for their Christmas exhibition. Um, So that's going to be running from uh, the 23rd of November till the 12th of January and the private view is going to be on the 22nd of November, 5 till 7 p.m. So if you happen to be around in Liverpool, um, I believe there are some, you know, mince pies and a bit more wine and and things um happening on the evening of the 22nd of november um but if not then you've got between sort of like the end of november and the middle of january to pop along and have a little look at that so um yeah i submitted three photos that i'd taken this is um kind of my as you may have um known from the last sort of like few times we've we've talked Graham, my general push to try and be a bit better at putting my work out there and just kind of going oh sod it I'll just (laughs) submit it and who knows at least I'm trying to put put it out there you know because I find it quite difficult to do that so this is none of this is an easy thing for me to do and I find it quite hard so um I've just realized that if I if I don't do it it's not going to happen you know so uh, I thought I might as well try and it's been lovely to hear back and you know people saying oh actually yeah we really like the work so uh, we'd like to use those three images so actually thank you um i i shot them uh, using my first ever pack of instax wide monochrome the one that came to me from my friend in new york who brought it back and gave it to me for my birthday last year so um 
yeah it's very very cool that um i got a chance to go and do that and i actually went out on a uh, mersey meetup um photo walk organized by stig and uh yeah these were three shots that i took during that photo walk and i thought these would be nice um ones to submit for a uh, a collection of images of artwork it's not all photography you know very various different artwork and things of the city so uh, yeah well it was congratulations nice. on that right that's really you. awesome news and you are quite right um and, and as with all of our listeners i think we say this to everybody but um put yourself out there and and because it's the moment tough, you yeah. started you started getting good results from it and everybody should follow your lead with this it's really awesome um i want to show them that you know if i can do it anybody can do it you know <laughs> exactly exactly well your work is fantastic so it needs to be out there more um that is going to have to do us this week listeners because we have got to go because we are about to go rachel and i are about to go and have a lovely chat with elvis from on do cameras um so we've got a dash for that. You will hear that interview later this week. Uh, but before we go, Dave, thank you so much for joining us. Returning, I think it's over a hundred, it definitely is over a hundred episodes after we last had you on. I think that's a long enough gap. Um, <laughs> has it been just like old times? Well, absolutely thrilled. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And um, I hope you'll come back and join us again on Backing Paper, Dave. I think you, you do a sterling job, although you might have to brush up on your reading skills before then. We're, maybe we will send them to him beforehand. <laughs> we, we, maybe we need a pre-backing paper prep session or something. Perhaps. <laughs> yeah. so the long words would be uh, most welcome. Yeah, yeah. It's been really nice to meet you, though, Dave. You too, Rach. Happy birthday for oh, thank you. next thank you. week or so. I'll try and get a pot in the post for you. Oh, I love the pots. I'm so excited about that. <laughs> Great. And um, Dave, where can people find you online to see your, well, it's mostly your pottery these days, but occasionally your pictures too. Where's, what's your Instagram account called? I'm remaining anonymous at the moment. Anonymous. Anonymous. com. So if you'll head off there, um, you'll find my stuff. <laughs> Sounds good. I'll put Dave's Instagram account in the show notes, if I remember, <laughs> even though he's trying to remain anonymous. Um, thank you very much, listeners. We'll be back later in the week with that chat with Ondu and uh, back next week with another backing paper. Until then, goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.